You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Locked on Cavaliers podcast. As always, I'm Chris Manning, your host from FearTheSword.com. Today, we are looking at the always interesting Cleveland Cavaliers and their win over the Washington Wizards. They beat the Wizards 119-115 Thursday night in Cleveland, Ohio at Quicken Loans Arena. This is a game where they led by double digits, trailed by as many as 17 in the second half before coming back to win by four taking a half-game lead over the 76ers for that number three seed in the Eastern Conference and beating a team in a potential playoff preview. And it also happened to be Tyron Lue's first game back. A lot going on in this game. Some I don't know how much we're going to be able to, to talk about some of the different issues, but there's a lot going on right now with this Cavs team. George Hill is not back. Kyle Korver is back. Uh, Jose Calderon didn't play in this game. Still no real word on on when Hill's going to play. He was shooting pregame with Phil Handy, nothing super intensive, or it didn't seem as if it was something that was uh, particularly challenging, but it's still, he's out right now. But the main talking points that coming out of this game for me is, aside from the win, aside from the play seating, which we'll talk about later, it sets up some interesting returns. Number one, Jeff Green is now the a starter, and he's going to start in the playoffs. Tyloo said this before the game. He said that is the the move going forward. He also says Kevin Love likes playing the five, which Kevin Love kind of semi wasn't super enthusiastic about post game. I, I didn't say he would didn't like it, but he also didn't say that he loved it. Now here is what Tyloo had to say about Jeff Green. Yes, Lou said when asked if he had settled on Green being a starter, he said this very flatly, very bluntly. I just like his versatility. I think defensive-wise, you can put him on DeMar DeRozan. You can put him on John Wall, Bradley Beal. You can put him on Victor Oladipo. I like that we can switch a lot, one through four stuff with him, and it gives us another ball handler on the floor to add times. I just think it's the right thing for us to start. So with hearing that, I think you see a pretty clear role in mind for Jeff Green on this Caps team. They see him as their defensive stopper. Uh, in this game, you saw him defend John Wall. You saw him defend the the best the point of attack for the Wizards. LeBron took it on late for stretches, but they used him in that capacity. Earlier this season, you have seen him defend Kevin Durant. You have seen him defend James Harden. Those are not guys that Lou mentioned. He specifically kept things contained in the Eastern Conference. But if you look at where the Cavs want to get to, they're going to have to either beat Houston or Golden State in all likelihood coming out of the Western Conference, and that means stopping Harden or slowing down Harden, and that means slowing down Durant. They're going to trust Jeff Green with that. He's going to start. It means LeBron and him are going to be kind of hybrid 3-4s. It means Kevin Love's playing the 5, which offensively is, is obviously a fantastic choice. Defensively has some built-in issues, but Jeff Green is going to be a starter now. I had wondered on this podcast, I had wondered on Twitter, many other people had wondered if... 
now if this was going to be the right move, if this was something they were just kind of doing until Nance and Love could start together. It had long been my assumption, and I think a lot of people's assumption, that Larry Nance would become the team's starting center, and I, I still think that is something that makes a lot of sense and has its value, and I, I we'll talk about that more because it's something Ty, else Tyloo said, but I do think that Jeff Green starter has its upside. If you look at the numbers, uh, this is Matt Moore tweeted this out, so uh, this is coming into the game. The Cavs are about 8.1 points better on defense with him on the floor. They are a little, just slightly better offensively. They they don't rebound court as well, but they're shooting a little bit better. They're a little more efficient. They play a little bit faster. The the number, and they have an overall better net rating. They have a negative net rating when he's off the court in in 1,872 minutes. And they're a plus 7.4 when he is on the court in, in 1,062 minutes, 1,062 minutes, and a net positive for Jeff Green. That is not a nothing sample size. As frustrating as he is, as I think there are limitations on what he's going to do with the shooting, with his, I think his defense is frankly fine at best. I think he certainly doesn't rebound very well, and even in this game that I thought he played well, and he really just scored and got that one offensive rebound landing, got fouled on it. I think there's limitations, but he clearly does something for them. And maybe this is a LeBron thing. Uh, maybe this is something where LeBron bumps him up and, and makes those type of lineups just work because of LeBron. Would have to do deep dive into that. Had not had a chance to do that just yet. So we'll have to see. Uh, per Kevin Pollan from ESPN, opposing teams' shot quality is a little worse when Green's on the court as well. Maybe that's the mobility. Um it's so hard to kind of track some of this because of the how well, the upheaval with this Cavs team. And he's going to be a starter now. I think you have to just accept that reality. And I think uh, it, it just is what it is. And maybe it'll change, but I think he's a starter. And I think it's just best to evaluate how that goes. Um, and I expect a lot of LeBron at free safety. But we're going to find out a lot. And it's going to be starting next week when the playoffs start. But Jeff Green's a starter, and, and that, frankly, maybe is the most impactful thing that happened thir- on, on Thursday. That, that frankly, might be. Uh, number two, though, is Ty Lue did return. He got a win in his debut. I I think wasn't playing with that full deck of cards, really. I mean, I, th- and I, I don't think he loved some of the choice he made. I think he also did, though, approach this with a sense of levity. Um, you're going to hear him, part of his postgame scrum, I suppose can press conference on this podcast, but he made jokes. He was was light. He was goofy. He certainly, I think, made um, made points about his coaching and and was kind of settling back in. And it was good to see him back. Um, I think this is he's talking about eating healthier. And he joked about having no more Shirley Temples. Uh, he's exercising. He he said he had a, a very also poignant quote about how he has felt like he hasn't taken anything time for himself to improve himself in 20 years as a player and a, as now as and then as a coach. Um, it, he seemed to be back. He again, you'll hear his presser. This is a guy that seems light. I think that the team really liked having him back. I think there there's a vibe that comes from him having back. And frankly, I think he's always kind of been a slightly underrated coach in some degree. I think there are certainly questions about his. Uh, questions about what he overall does at the ceiling, but I think he did a good job in this game. He made the right adjustments. I think he trusted Jetty. He didn't over-rely on Clarkson. He basically got LeBron going late, and he and he made, I think, the right tactical decisions. 
for the most part and help the Cavs get a win. And I think this is a good return for him. And, and again, it's good to see him back. And he does seem to be making some changes. We don't exactly know what his health issues were, but he doesn't owe us that, I, I would say. And I think as long as he feels like he's healthy and he's going to approach it this way, he did just seem to be a little more joyful than I am used to seeing Ty Lue. Uh, the other thing in the actual basketball part of this game, so number three of the main talking points, is how LeBron, I think, really revved things up in the last seven, eight minutes. You'll hear Ty Lue make a joke about LeBron's play in the in the first three quarters, and I don't want to spoil that joke because it's pretty great, but LeBron comes back in this game in the fourth quarter. The Cavs are in a hole. They are not at all looking like, I think, the team that um, they, they did in the first half when they, when they held the lead and really pushed that lead up. Uh, but LeBron comes back in the fourth quarter. There's 7.48 left in the game. They, at 7.29, so just seconds later, the Woods go up by 17. By 5.32, the Cavs are back down 10. LeBron, and then they call a timeout. LeBron gets it to 8 at 4.23. Then it gets at 2.40. It's cut to 4. Um, when he gets third points, 30 and 31. He feeds green with 2.11, gets it down to 2. Hood makes free, there's a 150, ties the game. Wizards go back up by three. Corver then t- at 135. Corver then ties it again at 119. Uh, then LeBron um, at 52.9 misses one to two. They're down one. He misses a three. Then Jeff Green gets the free throw. LeBron hits some free throws late, and um, they, and then he ends up clinching it. And he didn't necessarily win this game, but if you see this in, in terms of the late plays, that was actually Jetty Osman. That was Jeff Green. LeBron James um, pushes the the pace in this last part of this game in, in a way that I think was a reminder of how, how hard, impossible he is to guard in the situations. He all had moments in this game where he backed down John Wall in the post and had no issue scoring. Kelly Oubre had no option for him. Markeith Morris can't guard him. Otto Porter couldn't guard him. When he But when he got super aggressive and the Cavs pushed the pace and they started playing faster and he started playing downhill and the Wizards got very discombobulated as a result and he just basically sheer of will brought them back, that was the turning point in this game. LeBron... I I tweet I brought this in the player grades. I tweeted about this. This is a the first part parts of this game were off for him. He had some he had the first four turnovers for the Cavs. He wasn't a little too lackadaisical. He was he's been trying stuff pass wise that is a little maybe a little too ambitious and that caught up into a little bit in this game. He was a little bit meh on defense in a way, even to the more degree that we're used to seeing him just kind of be disinterested on that end in the regular season. He takes up that aggression. And, and really just changes the game in that last 60 minutes. He gets to the line a lot. He pushes the pace. He's he's getting the he's creating easy buckets for himself and others and, and took over almost another triple-double. And on a night where he wasn't at his best overall and wasn't necessarily the, the quality we're used to him being, he was still insanely good, was still the best player on the floor. And that 60 minutes was enough for the Cavs to come back from 17 down and win. Honestly, remarkable they won this game, and uh, as always, a lot of that credit goes to LeBron James. Uh, you're going to hear now from Ty Lu, and then we'll be back to wrap up a couple other talking points from Cavs and Wizards. Jason Lai, the athletic. Ty, how's your heart after that one? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was pretty good. You know, I told the guys, you know, after the game, um, you know, good job of bailing me out. You know, I just, I mean, it was tough, you know, first game back, and not having a point guard and, you know, not knowing what sets to call, what, you know, what to run because you haven't worked on it. Um, I think earlier this year when we had a chance to, you know, 
kind of put sets in and stuff. We wanted to run when Bron and Shump was playing point, but just, you know, on the fly, it was just tough. And, um, you know, those guys did a good job of scoring 119 points with, you know, with no point guard and just sticking with it. And, you know, my rotations was a little off tonight. So, I mean, I was rusty. <laughs> I was rusty. But, you know, they bailed me out tonight. And I told the guys just, you know, to continue to keep playing. And, you know, I think the biggest key is when we don't have a point guard, we got to play faster. You know, we just can't walk the ball up and be slow. And I think when Brown went back in that fourth quarter, he really pushed the pace, you know, pushed the tempo, was able to get stops down the stretch, and um, that's how he was able to win the game. We talk about your rusty. Is that how Tristan and Larry lined up in the game at the same time? No, well, you know, I thought with him playing Mahimi and playing Scott, I thought we can, you know, get away with it. And um, it's kind of hard playing two fives off the bench, you know. So um, – I try to do that and try to feature Corver and Jr. off the ball with you know with Clarkson, but it didn't look too good. So, <laughs> but they haven't worked on it either. So, like you said, you know, I, you know, I put them in that position, and um, you know, I want to try to find Tristan minutes. I want to find you know, um, a Larry minutes because you know it's going to be important in the playoffs. You know, you never know what happens. So, um, like I said, they did a good job of bailing me out tonight, and um, I appreciate that. <laughs> Tyron Potessa this fourth annual 1390. First and foremost, welcome back. Uh, you mentioned no point guard, and given the fact you're playing arguably the best backcourt, not only in the Eastern Conference, maybe even in the NBA, down 17 in the fourth quarter, is this the biggest one of the year for this team? I mean, it's a big win for us. I think, um, you know, um, when LD was closing those two Toronto games, you know, them, them being the number one seed, I think. Going into Boston early this year with the new guys was a big win for us. Um, and um, it was a big win. You know, I think um, just seeing how they play and um, if we have a, have a chance to see them in the playoffs, I got a lot of great adjustments for them. So we'll see. Back up front, Chris. Chris Fedor, Cleveland.com. Ty, you said the, the group bailed you out tonight. When you assess your performance, what are you most critical of with you? Well, not really having, you know, a good package to run, I think, without a point guard. Um, you know, we ran, some, you know, some some stuff, but it wasn't really that good. <laughs> um, so um, just them just playing through the game. I thought you saw early. We just posted Kevin a lot early. We knew they was, we knew they was double teaming LeBron, so we posted LeBron early. Um, he just picked him apart because he was coming to double team, you know, in the post-up game. So that's how we was able to create that 15-point lead. But they just did a good job of just, you know, staying patient. You know, and you know our, t- our team, you know the guys, and but they they stay with it, and um, you know was able to come out with a win. Before the game, you mentioned that Jeff is going to start in the playoffs, and you also mentioned that Kevin likes the five now. Do you feel like going forward you might have to pick between Tristan and Larry, or are you not at that point yet? Not yet, but we will have to. Yes. Stay down front, Dave. Dave McBenham in ESPN, with the way LeBron was so instrumental in that fourth quarter comeback, what's there left to say about what he's done this season? Stop point shaving the first three quarters. <laughs> about to give me a heart attack, man. Like, just if you play like that from the jump, we win by 20 something. So, uh, but no, man, just, you know, we've been seeing it all year, you know, and he's been in every situation you can possibly be in. And without a point guard, you know, with, no centers, no twos, you know, he's been in every position, no coach, you know, and um, he's just all year, he just kind of willed us on in. And um, it's been a difficult year for all of us, you know, I think. But, you know, despite all that, you know, two more wins, we tie, 
you know, our, our record last year. And, um, you know, he's the centerpiece of all that. He's the one that makes it go. And, um, you know, his performance this year is, you know, I think it's one of, probably one of the best years you've had just as far as carrying a team that's been through so much, you know, adversity all year, guys in and out of the lineup, um, six or seven of our guys out, rotation guys, and, him, you know, him playing every single game and, you know, not having a chance to win 50 games soon. So, um, man, he's just been great, you know, all year. So um, probably one of his best years I've seen. So there's Ty Lue. Um To move on to something else he said, though, he did say post game that they are going to at some point have to pick between Tristan Thompson and Larry Drew. Now, he said that moment is not now, but he said it is coming. In this game, Tristan just played the 10 minutes. Uh, Nance played a little bit more, I think, was put back in the game in different stretches. Neither of them played particularly well. You know, Thompson didn't have a rebound in this game coming off the bench. Nance had was more active rebounding wise, had the ten boards but in three points, but didn't shoot well. Um, he's not making that that eighteen footish jumper right now that he was making before the injury, and he's not quite as explosive it seems like for whatever reason after that hamstring injury. What he had to say is interesting in a, in a couple different ways. Because number one, you could say, okay, well, if you wanted to play both and you have these two fives, and you're you have to pick, so you don't have to play them together at the start of quarters. Why don't you just start Larry Nance or Tristan Thompson if that's what you're so inclined to do, and and split naturally more split up their minutes? Well, they they seem very committed to Jeff Green, so let's just say that that that's just an, a non-starter for them. The move is basically, I think you do maybe have to pick one because they are going to play the same position. They can't play together. I don't think because Nance isn't a good enough shooter. To, to really space out the floor with if he's playing the four spot. Maybe LeBron can make them work together, but I'm not I don't really like them together quite at all. The Cavs in this are really heading toward a position where they're gonna have to pick one and I think it's gonna probably be Nance. Uh, he is just I think he's been better overall this season. Um, I think he doesn't have the injury concerns. I think he he's done a, a better job of switching on to guards. I have to go back and watch the tape from this game in particular, but I, he had a couple of really nice moments switching on out to to defend guards in this game and wings in this game, and it, and it really worked. I think it's it's a bit of a problem that they they feel like he has to pick because I think you could find minutes for both. I think you could still Thompson only played ten minutes in this game, and maybe you can find other ways to to pair him with Love. Um, you know, I mean, I think, for instance, if you're looking at the start of the fourth quarter, I really think Love should be on the floor then. Maybe play him with Thompson so he can play the four then, and and it gives Thompson some minutes, and it gives his up Nance for the stretch run. Um, you could Again, you could start Larry Nance and just kind of avoid this issue altogether, but that's, out of everything Tyloo said, aside from his levity of, and his tone, I think what he said about that and saying they're going to have to pick is very interesting and telling, and we don't know when that's going to be. It, it was a game one of the playoffs. Is it the second round of the playoffs or whatever? I do think the choice is very easy. I think it should be Nance at this point. I think Nance has just been better. And it sets up an interesting summer for Tristan Thompson if he does end up getting benched one way or the other. Real quick then, moving on to the the next talking point. Uh, you also have in this game the Cavs, I think, really, really missing George Hill and Jose Calderon. Now, Calderon obviously is coming off this great game. Hurt his hamstring in that game. has has a sore hamstring right now, 
In the case of Hill, he's coming back with an ankle sprain. Again, he did do some shooting pregame with Phil Handy as the, the pregame entertainment was going on on the court, but so nothing too intensive or structured, but at least publicly he hasn't done that yet. But it seems like he at least can move and can put up some shots and put some weight on that angle. So that, that is a positive. Maybe he'll play Friday in Philadelphia. You, I think in this game you saw them the, the why they really, really miss um, someone besides LeBron that can get them into sets. Now, Jeff Green will handle the ball. They don't use Kevin Love in this way, but whatever. You know, they'll have Hood or Osman or, or Clarkson bring up the ball or JR bring up the ball even. But those guys don't really get you into these to the sets and the structure that you sort of need. Uh, they just kind of bring up the ball. There is some action, but it's not the, the flow isn't quite there. And for Clarkson in particular, that's just not as strong. So that guy is a bucket getter. He is best attacking for himself out of the pick and roll, out of out of isolation, whatever, whatever have you. He's not good at feeling that 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 hill roll and facilitating and organizing and creating structure from that point guard position. Um, for him, one assist and two turnovers is just sort of what he is. But I think the Cavs really did just miss having a floor general that wasn't LeBron, so he can go cut post up. They need someone else kind of keeping the flow of traffic going, so it's not all on LeBron to do that. Um, I think you know Kyrie did that obviously. I think Kevin Love could do more of it. But I think from a point guard spot, it shows you why Hill is so valuable. It shows you why Calderon, I think, has been a success. That's why they're 23-9 with him as the starting point guard, frankly. Um, I I really do think that they just missed that structure. And without it, you you saw some just the, the offensive lulls and the, the lack of discipline in certain spots that I think really killed them. And I, I think George Hill will be a welcome, welcome position back. I really do maintain that he might end up being, at least for this year, the, the most important guy that they acquired at the trade deadline uh real quick just want to say jetty played pretty well he was a was a spot starter because of calderon's injury ends up playing only 15 minutes almost got bogan but lou goes back to him late for defense he had a very nice steal he uh, drew the fouls hit those two free throws to help clinch the game made two threes that were him actually not just spotting up but actually going out and taking them and it was just a fantastic uh, I think performance in that regard for him. I don't think he's going to get playoff minutes, but he he's clearly improved. He's clearly become more comfortable, and I think for him this was just a game where it was good to see him get some reps in a in a in a tense game, and and if that mattered. Um, the last thing we'll talk about is from this game is just I think the the play that sort of sums up the night. Now that quarter three that I mentioned. He and the the reason this worked, it's one thirteen to go, and and they they need it. They need they didn't need three points, some but this is what they went for. LeBron drives, and the whole defense literally shifts at him. Um, the Cavs designed this pretty basic set where base where they're they're basically saying, okay, you can either come at LeBron and he'll pass, or he will just go to the rim and get an easy two points, maybe get fouled. In this particular play, he drives, they collapse on him. And on the on the weak side where they had collapsed from, they left both Kevin Love and Kyle Korver wide open. Korver ends up getting the ball, strokes a three, but the simplicity of that was just so potent. Um, and I and I think there's that type of play call is really going to be something to keep looking for. It's a way to maximize the personnel you have to get Kyle Korver easy looks, to get Kevin Love easy looks, and and it uh, feeds into LeBron. More of that, that was, I think, my favorite play of that last final stretch was just that setup on that three um, and and some really good play calling there from the Cavs. The Cavs, again, are only half a game out 
or excuse me, half a game ahead of the Sixers. They play them Friday in Philadelphia. We'll have that recap up on Saturday, but Friday I think we'll sort of decide who is going to be the number three seed. And I think it matters for the Cavs, but I think they're going to be fine either way. But it's a game that I think that they'll want to win. LeBron talked about how good they are even without Joel Embiid post game. I think it's a game that's going to be tough for them. Philly is going to have rest. The Cavs are coming out on this back-to-back. We'll see how everything looks, but I think Friday is a, is a very pivotal game for this Cavs team. We'll have to see just frankly how they do. But speaking of the playoffs, we'll wrap it up on this. Uh, next, you're going to hear this clip from Lockdown Celtics talking about the Kyrie Irving injury. Uh, next Monday, Sean Woodley and I, Sean from Lockdown Raptors, will be having a pod up on the state of the playoffs, what it all means, what Kyrie's Irving's injury means I think it I think really right now just leaves the Raptors as the only team fighting against the Cavs in the Eastern Conference but that that's my personal opinion I think it's just the Cavs the Raptors and everybody else the the Celtics are probably getting to the second round and whatnot but they're not going to be the the type of team that can put uh, the fear of God into the Cavs or anything like that and I don't know if Toronto does either but I think they like Toronto can at least talk itself into having that chance the Cavs have to get there. Love to go through Toronto, and now it's really just that's the one team uh, I think you worry about is as potentially pulling off an upset and knock and being the the group that knocks off LeBron. So you hear that clip, and then we'll be out of here. Please go on iTunes. That is the best way to support the podcast. That is with five ratings and reviews. Find me on Twitter and Facebook at C Writes. The podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked On Cavs. And again, check out Locked On NBA Monday through Friday as well. And again, talk to you tomorrow after Cavs Sixers, after the Cavs play Philly in the city of brotherly love. But here's John Corrales from Locked On Celtics talking about Kyrie. More on that and the state of the playoffs come Monday with Sean Woodley. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.